In a world with only hot takes, two college friends try to cool down sports media. Join Jack and Jared every week as they tackle the biggest stories in the NFL and give the reasonable football analysis you won't hear anywhere else. Welcome to 710 Sports. Welcome back to 710 Sports with Jack and Jared. We're joining you after the Sunday games of week one. Instant reaction here from Jack and Jared from 710 Sports. Awesome first set of games, including on Thursday, but just a great afternoon slate here. We're recording right before the Dallas Giants game starts, but we had an awesome uh, slate of games this weekend. Jack, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it was great. All the, all the games I saw, the score, some wacky stuff that we'll be getting into, uh, both in terms of compared to our predictions and just, you know, generally in the league. Uh, you also, also get to see live uh, emotional reactions. The fact that you get to see me watch the Patriots lose like that live, like minutes after it happens. Uh, so, yeah, we're not going to be able to hit on all the crazy yeah. uh, games and everything that happened. We won't, unfortunately, be able to talk about Tampa Bay Vikings. We don't have time for that, yeah. but that was a great upset. Um, and just generally, we had great games, uh, Raiders over Broncos as well. But what we are going to be talking about is we'll talk about the Patriots and the Falcons uh, win, uh, wins this weekend. Um, I guess today, I should say. We're also going to be talking about the 49ers steamrolling the Steelers, as well as the same for the Browns steamrolling the Bengals. But first, let's not bury the lead. Maybe the most fun-to-watch game of the weekend, Miami versus the Chargers. We had Miami take them down 36-34 in the final seconds, actually coming up with a defensive stand uh, for the first time in the game to stop the Chargers from getting in the field goal range. Um and uh, basically scoring a game winner. Miami holds up. They get the win. Uh, 234 yards rushing for the Chargers. Uh, they kind of got anything that they wanted offensively until basically that last drive. But let's not forget, Tua had 466 yards in the air, three TDs, and an int. Um, so that's kind of the background if you haven't watched the game. But let me just start by saying that this felt all the way through just like a game the Chargers were going to lose. This felt like a very classic <laughs> Chargers game. And it started, they were playing really well. They were playing better than Miami. Miami was turning the ball over. Um, Tua had an int, had a fumble, and the Chargers were getting anything, anything that they wanted on the ground. Austin Eckler, I think, had a 65-yard run. But it was tied up uh, right before the half. I think it was maybe 30 seconds left or something. Some, I think it might have been less than that, maybe like 20 seconds left. Um, the, uh, Chargers score, they kick it off. Miami only has like 20 seconds and a timeout. They bomb one to the 50-yard line and use up almost all the time. There's two seconds left. They go for the Hail Mary pass. It doesn't get anywhere close to the end zone. But J.C. Jackson pass interferes, DPIs uh, the receiver, which gets them in the field goal range, and Miami ends up kicking a field goal with no time left at the half going up 2017. And that was just one of those classic – Chargers gonna charge, right? They're just gonna do what they have to do to lose every single time, right? And this is this is why I don't like them this year. It's why I didn't like them in the playoffs. But I will say, you know, this was th these defenses did not look yeah. great until really the last <laughs> possession, where uh, you know Miami got two sacks in the, in the final set of downs on Justin Herbert. Before that, neither team had a good uh, answer for what was going on, and I mean Tyreek just got whatever he wanted out there, um, you know, against the secondary of the Chargers. Kellen Moore, I guess, schemed up a pretty good game because offensively they did, they did well. Um, but frankly, 
I mean, this just came down to, uh, you know, the Chargers. They couldn't get it done at the at, at the end of the game. Um, and and you know, even though there was mistakes on both sides, it just felt like, especially the way that the Tua and Tyreek were playing, they were going to come up with the win on this one. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, I mean, this game, this game really, I think. Uh... I, I, I also called it. I, I was cold on the Dolphins. I called them to win this game. Didn't think it was going to be like this. Didn't did, didn't think it was going to be with a sort of offensive performance that, that Tua put on, that Tua Tyreek put on. Obviously not a lot on the ground game um, for them. Obviously the Chargers are an absolute ton. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, that definitely, as an, as, you know, as an AFC East uh, team, seeing the Dolphins put on an offensive performance like this is worrying, is especially as someone who... I, I don't want to say I was counting them out, uh, but, but I kind of was. You know, you know, I'm a, anyone who's watched this this podcast knows I'm a, I'm the resident Dolphins hater as a Patriots fan. Uh, but yeah, that that worry, this game genuinely worries me. Having that level of offensive performance, of course, the defensively does not bode well, especially for a team that I still thought had a pretty good amount of defensive talent to let the uh, the Chargers uh, kind of walk all over them for a lot of the game mm-hmm. um, is tough. But I mean, obviously, I think yeah, I, this is also. I just, I just didn't think the Chargers were, were going to have it in them uh, to to pull out of this game. So, yeah. so I mean, yeah, I definitely agree. The, the, that same sort of vibe. I got the same sort of vibe from what I was watching. You know, as, it's as funny. You it's this is the reason I liked Miami last year before Tua got hurt. Is even their defense gave up thirty four, right? Uh, and but even when there was only twenty seconds left at the end of the second half, it was like, oh with this offense you can score and it's the way you feel about Patrick Mahomes and I've always felt about Patrick Mahomes when they're down and they don't have much time left and they need they need to score I know we didn't see it on Thursday but (laughs) that's how you feel and that's how I feel about the Miami offense and I mean Tua looked incredible he was dropping he was just dropping bombs the entire game they weren't particularly great on third down I will say that um and they at one point in the game they were one for six on third down and that's why they were they were losing for a while but they did a little bit better. They only ended four four for nine on third down, whereas the Chargers were nine for fifteen. The Chargers looked played a cleaner game offensively and and ran the ball ten times better than Miami. But Miami just beat them in the air. Um, Tyreek killed two hundred fifteen yards. Two hundred fifteen yeah. yards for Tyreek Kill. Unguardable. Tough. Completely unguardable. Yeah. Um, let's go to the the kind of big shock of the four o'clock hour. Um, Rams beat Seattle handedly. Uh, wasn't exactly close. Um, and, I mean, I don't know. What I have on this one is, I got to be honest, guys, You, if you were, are watching and following along, I have Seattle going and winning the Super Bowl this year. This was a little bit This was a little bit concerning, okay? It's concerning. Uh, I mean, you think that this Rams team has kind of been kind of spent. They They kind of invested everything in winning that Super Bowl, and we saw kind of, what happened last year with sort of the lack of talent Stafford, you know, getting older and getting hurt. Well, guess what? He looked great today against the Seattle defense. Um, had a no ton Cooper of yards. Cup. Yeah. With no Cooper cup, had a ton of yards over 300 yards passing. Um, and McVay just like schemed up a fantastic game. Um, and you got to appreciate that Seattle had some injuries. I know Lockett went out with a head injury and going into the game. I think that they had injuries. It's something that I wasn't really watching. And I guess I should have been a little bit more aware on, but that's really a huge upset. I, I I didn't see really anybody taking the Rams in this game. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, yeah, this was not on my radar. I think, yeah, this game really makes it more interesting because a lot of people, you know, us included, were kind of counting the Rams out for the season, let alone this game, weren't thinking about them as much for the season. 
But Stafford comes back as a great game. Uh, doesn't throw any touchdowns, but obviously gets them in position to run to run them in. Um, two different receivers with 119 yards. And guys who you really wouldn't have heard of. I hadn't heard of Puka, Puka Nakua. Or I think I had heard of Tutu Atwell. Maybe he was on the Super Bowl team, I think. But maybe. Uh, but, you know, I not guys you heard. Not Cooper Cup. Not... Uh, Tyler Higby, although he did get 50 yards receiving. I mean, this is – especially when – if if the if the Rams' defense was going to play and still have some steam, steam left in the tank, I, that isn't shocking to me. If they still have Aaron Donald still on the team, um, stuff like that, the quarterback whose name is, is escaping me. Um, but I, I, I didn't know if Matthew Stafford had it left in him. And the Seahawks' defense, they picked a cornerback at top five. They had uh, – Tariq Woolen, that's it. Um, the breakout star last year, the breakout star rookie last year, uh, like they they had all this secondary talent as well. I really thought was going to be would have been able to contain the Rams more, especially the Rams without their second best, their probably third best player, maybe if it's like Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, you know, you would have without and their best receiving threat, of course. That that's what concerns me. The sort of the Seahawks defense, them you know having some trouble on offense. I can I I I can see that right. Gino getting back into the rhythm. You know I I can see that. But defensively, it's tough to give up thirty points to a Rams team. People did not have faith in. Yeah, you know, it, it's hard for me to say that. It, it, people will, will say, "Oh, was this Rams playing well and and sort of mm, you know beating the ex, the low expectations that people had for them, or is this Seattle playing bad and?" I don't know if I'm ready to say that this was the Rams playing super well. I know that they looked good on offense, but is this just bad Seattle's defense like you're saying? And on offense, they also looked poor. Um, I think that they were even worse on third down than Miami was, which I just highlighted. So it's concerning. Um, and, you know, if you want to see me continue to ride with the Seahawks until I guess I ha- I can't anymore, make sure you like and subscribe <laughs> so you see the rest of our videos and our podcast throughout the season. Um, all right, so let's switch gears here. We're gonna. I'm gonna give you the floor because we're gonna talk about oh, yeah. um, next the Patriots Oof. versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles come out and jump out to this huge lead to start the game after a couple of massive errors, including by Ezekiel Elliott for a fumble. Um, looks like this one's gonna get blown open in the first quarter, and then basically the Eagles stalled and the Patriots started coming back. Uh, ends up being a really tight. A game to end. Thoughts on how that game ended, Jack? As a Patriots fan, yeah, yeah. We'll start. We'll start with how it ended. It, it ended very rough, uh, very, <laughs> very rough. Like from the sort of not rough in the way like oh this uh, like that, but rough in the way of like 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 inches away. Like if if that receiver could have toe tapped like every every other receiver in the league, uh, like that sort of thing. Um, but I mean, it's tough. The 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 um, Jalen Hurts fumble was big. And, and I think it was a mistake by Jalen Hurts. Obviously, it was a good defensive play, but I think it was a mistake to not slide. I, I don't think it's sure. random. I know fumbles can sometimes be random. It was not random. It was an act of mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, I'm going to contrast that to maybe the Ezekiel L, a first quarter at your 20, own 25-yard line sort of things Zeke did. I mean, with the ending, it's tough. Um, I mean, I think at that point, the ending, I, it's hard for me to put it on anyone except maybe Bill Belichick. And I'm going to say ooh, that because, right. ooh, hot take. And I'm going to say that because <laughs> the Patriots throughout this entire game kept getting stalled at the 40-yard line. Oh, they, of course, they had some great drives as well in there. And, of course, they had some complete three and outs. But they 
three, four times. I wish I, I didn't count it while watching it. Maybe in the next episode we'll, we'll, we'll see that. But they kept stalling at like the 35-yard line. And they had to do stuff like punt at the, at the 40. They had to do stuff like go for it on fourth and 20. Times they had the times they kept being in what I would call field goal range. What most kickers' field goal range is, even when the rain stopped, it was raining. I was driving in the in the Massachusetts rain today. Uh, mm. They were like, even after the rain stopped, they kept getting to that point, not kicking field goals, doing something else with it. Add all those up. There's multiple, no less than three times this happened. That's nine points. Make two of the three of those. That's six points. Get the get those six points. You win. It's twenty six twenty five. Uh, for me, that's my that's my biggest takeaway. Obviously, the offense had a lot of trouble in the first in the first uh, quarter and in the third quarter. It was very weird. Second and fourth quarter were great. First, third were not good. First quarter, pick six by Mac Jones, bad. Followed that up as you were alluding to this. Followed up that up with the Ezekiel Elliott fumble. Uh, literally, the next play puts the puts the Eagles at the twenty five yard line. I believe that was the Eagles' only offensive touchdown. The only offensive touchdown the Eagles got the entire game was when they got the ball at the 25-yard line off of that fumble by Ezekiel Elliott. I may as well have said once in a blue moon when I said when I when I say Ezekiel Elliott fumble. That is not a common occurrence. Uh, so for that for their only offensive touchdown to be off of that is somewhat troubling. I would say for the Eagles, I'm surprised. Troubling for the Eagles slash bodes very well for the Patriots defense. They let let them get field goals a lot. Some tough field goals. They, they, they you know again they got a double doinker, not a double doinker. They just 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 a single doinker, single off, doinker. off the goalpost. Went in. Yeah, yeah, went in. Yeah, went in. They got a fifty-six yard field goal. They, they they were the kicking for the Eagles was great, but the Patriots were not letting them get to the red zone very much. I, I don't have a stat on it, but they were not getting to red zone very much. The Eagles at all. I'd have to check that they might have only gotten to the red zone. Uh, on that first drive where they got like when they got that Zeke fumble but uh, just to wrap this up and get your thoughts on it uh, that I mean I think the Patriots defense played very very well and if the offense can play like they were in the second and fourth quarters this team is pretty good the defense played very well uh, I would say including some great plays by the rookies also some some big mistakes but yeah I'll, yeah I mean it, your, your it, thoughts on all that I'm going to start with where you ended here with this sort of Eagles offense I you know I am a little bit concerned. I will say this kind of harkens back to the Eagles basically blew teams out to start in games last year, and they would go in the second half, and they just honestly didn't do mu- as much in the second half because they would have these huge leads on teams. Um, and so that, that kind of happened a lot. Not to say that they didn't also have close games that they won as well, but so that feels kind of familiar for this team. Um, but I, I, I do also want to agree with you and highlight that, you know, it's not like they don't have weapons on this Eagles team. Uh, you know, Hurts uh, obviously is an excellent quarterback. They've got Brown uh, as a receiver. Um, they have a good run game, but Patriots really stopped them, uh, didn't really let them score much at all. And yeah. I think that that looks really good for the Patriots defense. I'm not Dallas sure. Dallas Goddard completely shut down. Uh, he yeah. got open multiple times, but completely shut down. Uh, yeah. I mean, Patriots yeah. looked good defensively, which you said that that was going to be the case. Um, and, and, you know, you still were a little bit more concerned about the offense, but you like that, you know, obviously they were going to have an offensive coordinator that was an actual offensive guy uh, with Mac this year. So um, I just – it seems like, unfortunately, they had a couple of shots at the end of the game and yeah. the offense could not get it done twice yeah. kind of, right? And then they even get yeah. – you know, like you said, 
Jalen Hurts gave it back to him, and they still couldn't get it done, even though they got yeah. down into the red zone. That is t- that's a tough one, yeah. you know? Yeah, that was – all that stuff at the end was tough. Uh, last bit on this game I'll, I'll sort of add was, yeah, Patriots – I mean, the Eagles were 4 for 13 on third down, 0 for 1 on fourth down, uh, and they got 130 less yards on offense than the Patriots, 130. Um, of course, they scored more, uh, which, is, which is what counts, but – um, but yeah, but I, I, I just, I thought that was interesting. Uh, yeah, the Patriots, but what I'll say last Patriots thought, uh, for some time here is that looking at their, if they play like they played against this Eagles team, looking at their schedule, I easily have them being nine, 10 win team, nine, 10 win team with them, maybe getting two wins. Like I, I I'm calling it. I looked at their games. If they lose to the chiefs, they lose to, I called them losing to someone else. Uh, not in the Cowboys, Cowboys, lose to chiefs and Cowboys and only win two divisional games, I could see them beating almost every other team on that roster. Of course, the Chargers played pretty well on offense, but on pa- defense. Patriots match up well. Patriots beat the Chargers pretty well, at least against Justin Herbert. I don't think Justin Herbert's beaten the Patriots. We'll, um, we'll have to see. You've been ringing this yeah, we'll bell for a week or two been. that the I Patriots schedule is not as hard as people make it out to be. But, um, so, but the division's we'll so tough. The division's so tough, so we'll see. We'll see. Let's quickly hit on uh, the Falcons here. Falcons and Panthers. Fun little uh, divisional matchup. (laughs) I'll just start with saying I want to apologize. I made a joke about um, Desmond Ritter. Um, You know, I just want to say that, you know, he played well. He played good. 15 for 18, 115 yards. Nothing spectacular. You know, didn't, you know, do anything wowing. I mean, uh, this was sort of my point about the Atlanta Falcons is that you have all this offensive talent like Pitts and Drake London, first-round picks, and they got two catches combined, right? The difference yeah. was the running back, obviously. He had a great game. Um, and then Carolina making mistakes, right? Bryce yeah. Young made had two interceptions, and they were basically identical. <laughs> Safety comes down on a crosser, and he just completely misses him. And then a quarter later does the exact same thing. Um, and then the game kind of got out of control. Uh, Atlanta's run game, we all knew that it was going to be good. Um, it still is great. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of my takeaway. But, I like, I, yeah, maybe I was wrong about Ritter. Although, I mean, he didn't wow us, but he didn't make mistakes. And, I mean, completion percentage is incredibly high. So, got to give him props on that. Yeah. What, do you, what do you got in the Atlanta Falcons, Jack? Yeah, I think I don't have, I don't have a ton. But, yeah, that's one, one big takeaway for me is Desmond Ritter. Uh, just, yeah, having a pretty good controlled game, you know, control, obviously, yeah, not a lot of volume, but didn't make very many mistakes. Uh, really weren't, weren't passing the ball much at all, but yeah, Tyler Algier, he was, he was a guy, he's part of the reason people were, were kind of surprised they took Bijan Robinson, uh, because he had a breakout season. His rookie season last year, he was a fifth round pick, had a thousand yard rushing, thousand yards rushing last season. Uh, and yeah, he comes out 15 carries, 75 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, involved in the passing game too, similar to Bijan, 10 carries, 56 yards, 5.6 average, and catches a touchdown with six catches, 27 yards. A lot, this offense was running through the running backs and on the ground and end in the air. Um, and that's the sort of reason with, the, with, with, with their line where I could see them squeezing out wins against teams like the Panthers. Um, I would have thought it would have been closer. I did call them. Uh, and I know you didn't, but would have thought it would be closer, but in games like this where they can get ahead, where they can get to run, if they were down by a lot, yeah, that the makeup of this team may not be cut out for it, but if they're in times where they can run, if they're not down by much or they're up, it's going to be tough to deal with, with two, two very good running backs. Not one, but two is, uh, is great for them. 
Uh, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not, not too much else there. Yeah, I mean, listen, if if you guys want to hear us talk more about the Atlanta Falcons, definitely make sure you like and subscribe so you see the rest, uh, you know, of these videos where we we follow not just uh, Desmond Ritter, but all uh, you know, all the younger quarterbacks in that division. Um, you know, whining and, about the Patriots, and and also, yeah, Jack Jack will be talking more about the Patriots, especially uh, when they're losing, uh, so and when they're winning. So shout out, um, but yeah. Yeah, we're going to wrap up here talking about um, browns Bengals. Um, so sort of a shocker for a lot of people, although some, some, uh, some, some, you know, some online analysts. sports analysts did take the Browns, citing that they were 8-2 and two in the last five oh. years. Um, and, you know, I remember saying specifically we, were, we had a discussion about whether Joe Burrow was going to play, and I said, I don't care if he plays. I'm taking the Browns. Um, browns defeat the Bengals 24-3. to some highlights here is that it was pouring down rain at one point. It was raining sideways in the stadium, and <laughs> Joe Burrow had 82 yards after becoming the highest-paid NFL player of all time. Isn't that kind of funny? Not something that is unfamiliar that we haven't seen before, but I want to just start by saying, obviously, I, I highlighted, uh, you know, as to you know, as a prediction that the Browns match up really good against the Bengals. I also said that I don't exactly see all the talent on the Bengals team and that I felt like they were kind of outplaying uh, their, their actual talent and skill. Um, and I, it, some of it just doesn't add up besides the Joe Burrow factor. But another thing that I really don't like about the Bengals is whatever they're doing on the coaching staff. I don't believe in Zach Taylor in the games. And this is another example of it. It's pouring down rain and the Bengals offense is committing to deep down the field passes as if they're in LA like the Miami Dolphins over and over and over again it doesn't matter what the down and distance is Joe Burrow is chucking the ball up to Higgins or Jamar Chase right it, just to give you like the actual stats Cincinnati uh, they went with 32 passes and 20 runs in this game whereas Cleveland went with 29 passes and 40 runs okay and that's really the difference is that now maybe Cincinnati doesn't have a run game, but that's clearly an issue, especially when you play in Cincinnati in the AFC North, right? Like you're going to want to be able to feed Joe Mixon. <laughs> yeah. And I think Joe Mixon had like, I think he had like four, four and a half yards per a carry or something. Yeah, I don't yeah think he, he averaged four point, he averaged 4.3. Next guy was two for 12. And then the guy with two for seven, which so, are all respectable numbers. What are we doing? What are we doing? It's pouring down rain. And, oh, yeah, Joe Burrow, throw it to the sideline. Throw it to the sideline. Throw it to the sideline over and over and over again. And I just want to highlight, you know, I think we've been clear about our feelings on a guy uh, who's at quarterback for the Browns. Um, he played awful. I mean, both these guys were playing in the rain, and Deshaun Watson played terrible, basically bounced past, uh, you know, balls to guys the entire day. He got a little bit be better in the second half. Um, he did run in a, in a TD, um, but he looked awful and he was probably twice as good as Joe Burrow in this game. And that's telling you something, right? That's telling you something. Now, both these guys are getting paid huge amounts of money and maybe it's the rain, whatever, but there was wide open guys for Deshaun Watson that he was just straight up missing. Um, and you, and they should have blown out the Bengals by even more than just yeah. 21 points if he could have hit some guys early in the game, they could have blown it open to start. But 
you know, I don't know what's going on in Cincinnati. I don't have, I didn't have him going in the playoffs. I still don't have him going in the playoffs. This just kind of confirms uh, my feelings about the team going into the season. What do you got, Jack? Yeah, I would say two two takes. One of them, you one of these things you just you, you just gave me the idea. But yeah, I mean the the big thing for me was what you started getting at in there was the like the Bengals run game was decent. Like like, and that's the thing. Oftentimes. Joe Mixon's out there averaging, and their line and all. Obviously, it's not just him. He's averaging like two, two and a half a carry. Like, like, like they're like they're up. They, they can be up. They can be in it, and and they're and they're having chances to run. And he's averaging two and a half a carry. Getting what? What was it? Four? I was say four point three a carry. Having some other guys not running a lot, but ha- having some of the other guys in your committee getting getting decent yardage. It's it is tough uh, not relying on that, especially in rainy games, especially in a rainy game like this. Obviously, once they get down a bit, they have to commit to the pass. But you know, the first quarter, neither team scored, right? They could have ran. They could have ran all day the first quarter, especially if that was the rainy quarter. Um, and even when they're down a bit, there's plenty of time in the game. You can still run the ball. Uh, is that that is tough, especially in in those conditions? So, so yeah, that's that's the big takeaway. Second thing is the one thing I'll say is the Bengals did lose. I believe they lost the first game last season as well. It was that real nail biter against the Steelers where they. Burrow got sacked like five times or something, um, or, or more than that. Yeah. But like, do like yeah, four no, picks. They That's are it. known. They so are they known lose, for a slow start. People. They are known for a slow start. And so. Joe has been out because of the injury, you know. And so, yes, maybe it's just another Bengals but, slow start. But you're right. I don't know. All right, I, I, I recognize your views here. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Now let's go to uh, where I completely uh, was wrong in my predictions. Um, went out on a limb and took the Steelers against the 49ers. Actually, I actually saw quite a few people taking them. I, I think the line was only four and a half or people, something People like started, that. yeah, people online started talking about this. Yeah, so, I mean, analysts. maybe it wasn't that crazy of a pick, but you know what? Now it looks like it was a ridiculous <laughs> pick, right? Because 49ers steamroll the Steelers 30-7, to 7, if I have my – I think I have that score right. Uh, That's right. Was not even close to – I mean – Throughout the entire game, um, Steelers offensively had basically nothing, um, and 49ers did whatever they wanted in the pass game, uh, in the run game, uh, just killed them. So I'll start with yeah. sort of what I take away from this game. You know, this started with the 49ers basically stuffing the run uh, for the Steelers, right? It they This is one of those examples of they did not run the ball well at all against the 49ers. And they got out of it immediately. They said to themselves, I guess the game plan was we, you know, we're just running into nothing. We're losing yardage on these runs. Instead, we're going to say we're going to give it to Pickett and let him cook, right? Which maybe, I mean, I'm not sure if that was the best decision either because he threw a couple of picks, didn't look very good at all. Um, there was a lot of hype going into second, his second season, especially considering how good of a preseason he had. But preseason, I guess, doesn't mean much. A lot of people could have told <laughs> you that. Um, but yeah, they, 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 you know, they run, they, they stuff the run game and now Pickett throws 46 times, right? It's just, it's not a good recipe for the Steelers, even though I like the Pickett Pickens combination and I like their receiving core. We got to get Najee Harris going and 49ers shut that down. Um, so, and then on the offensive side, I mean, you name it, what do you want? Most importantly, uh, you know, McCaffrey ran all over them. You, you know, they were getting 
five and a half yards of carry. They had almost 200 yards in total rushing against the Steelers uh, defense. This is a lot more concerning to me. I know that the offense isn't the strength of the Steelers. I had them going into the playoffs, and I, and I like them going into the season. But the defense, we know the 49ers are sort of an OP strong team, but they didn't look good at all. Uh, the, you know, the Steelers' defense didn't look good at all. It's the secondary. They didn't really get pressure on Brock Purdy. And then just to finish off, I mean, Brock Purdy. I mean, I was kind of, I thought kind of he might be a little rusty with the with the elbow. Looked fantastic, just like last year. Picked up right where he left off. What do you got, Jack? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I, I definitely agree with everything you said. They definitely, if they got off to a good start, and it was kind of, yeah, like you were saying, on all sides of the ball, defense was playing well, offense was playing well. Brock Purdy got a half the sort of games he would have last year. Yeah, he didn't, he wasn't throwing for four hundred yards, but. He's able to manage the game. He's able to throw the touchdowns, you know, throw to the open receiver. Like, he'd do the stuff that he was doing last game, and that they won 7-1 and one or whatever in starts at the end of last year. Was able to continue that, which, for me, was a good sign. Seeing him be able to continue continue some of that momentum from last year is, is great. Uh, yeah, Christian McCaffrey averaged 6.9 per carry, uh, 22 rushes, 152 yards. Obviously, yeah, obviously on the team as a whole, it wasn't that high. But, um, but what is also... That's... A slight, slight sort of side note for for, for any I don't know, prop bet enjoyers, you know, sort of defensive <laughs> defensive player of the year, that stuff like that. TJ Watt did have three sacks this game. Uh three three sacks for TJ Watt's pretty good. I think someone someone else had, had three sacks too, but not someone I was thinking was gonna be in the sack leader race. I forget who it was. Uh, but someone else in the league also had three sacks today. Uh but still, you know, TJ Watt for that sort of anyone who's looking for for that, you know, defensive player of the year, sack sack leader stuff like that interesting thing to watch uh good good week he, one sir because tj watt was out a large amount of last year so absolutely and he did have a strip sack on brock purdy um and he recovered but it's funny because i mean you have tj watt have three sacks it just and usually that's yeah that's a game changer <laughs> usually you say to yourself he's gonna that that will be the difference maker especially with a strip sack recovery right doesn't even matter it literally doesn't oh. matter it's not even close <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's it's as someone who liked the Steelers to go to the playoffs. Obviously, we we disagreed about that uh, last week. It's very worrisome for me, but um, we'll see what happens. So we're going to be back um, during the you know, in the middle of the week to discuss maybe, you know, how the last couple of games here uh, turned out on Sunday night and Monday, uh, Monday night, as well as look into week two. Uh, if you like what you heard, make sure that you uh, you know like the video and subscribe. We're also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so check us out there. We're going to be doing these reactions, live reactions, Sunday night. Um, so make sure you tune in for that. Um, you know, if you want to hear just sort of our off the cuff, what we thought of the Sunday games, and then we'll do a little bit more um, analysis during the week. Looking looking forward, Jack. You got anything before we close out? Not not too much else other than a uh, hyped to see what's going on in the Cowboys Giants game right now. <laughs> yeah, we can only hope the Cowboys are winning, right? Um that's we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh um I'm sure if it's a good one we'll be talking about it during the week. Um but yeah, thanks for watching 710 Sports with Jack and Jared. We'll see you next time.